Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. It's good to be together. I've uh, been in Toronto the last few days, and wherever I go, there are Mennonites. And when I mention Scott Street Church, invariably they say, I, I used to go there, or my auntie goes there, or my grandma used to go there. Um, so it's incredible, the impact of our church uh, all over the world, and, uh, and particularly here in Ontario. Um, I want to, to welcome everyone to worship today. Um, to our friends in England who are watching right now, good afternoon. Um, it's amazing how many people are logging in and, and listening to our messages, watching live, and then, and then listening to the service at, at another time as well. So to those in Tabor and elsewhere, welcome. I love going over to Tabor. They have good food and good coffee on Thursdays. So to our, my mothers and fathers and grandmothers and grandfathers in Tabor, good morning. And to you, good morning. Good morning. It's good to be together. Uh, and worship God together. Um, we are, check your watch, it's the 25th. We are one month away from an event that much of the world will focus on. Christmas. It's incredible that it's only a month away. Everything will become secondary for one 24-hour period when we celebrate the coming of Christ. It's amazing to me the impact of an event that happened 2,000 years ago, the coming of Christ, still has in around the world and here in Canada. We started getting our Christmas Christmas flyers this week. You know, once we got the the, um, Black Black Friday, was it? Once Black Friday is over, Christmas is is coming. Um, So as I was preparing for today, I thought Advent is starting next Sunday, and we're going to have an Advent season together, and we have a daily Advent devotional that we'll enjoy doing in our homes, and then we'll come here and we'll talk about that which we've studied during the week. So you'll pick up your book next week, just so you know. And um, so the question is, Rob, how do you preach a sermon that includes Christmas and communion? Because one is birth and one is death. And as I was preparing for the message, it became clearer and clearer that there's an intimate connection between birth and death. In fact, there is no death without birth, except for Christ, who was here before he was born. But that connection between the birth of Christ and the cross is incredible. When we look at, at our history, the history of mankind, we, um, we have A.D. and B.C., Ado Domini, A.D., meaning Ado Domini Nostri Jesu Christi, the year of our Lord. We live A.D., after the advent of the coming of God. And time before that is known as B.C., before Christ. Our, our whole calendar, everything is based on that event, the coming of Christ. 2018, what does that mean? Well, it means that Jesus came 2,100, uh, 2,018 years ago. Yeah, what year is it? 2018 years ago. Um, It's a very special time of year. And Christ's coming splits history 
in half. So we say, well, what's so special about this season, this Christmas season? And uh, we had the, Joan read the Philippians chapter 2 scripture. It's a beautiful scripture. And it's the greatest, in my mind, the greatest explanation in the Bible of who Jesus is and what he came to do. It's a powerful scripture. It starts with the verse 5, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset. So be of the same mind of Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, Jesus was God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself, what did he make himself? Nothing. Nothing. He made himself nothing. Imagine taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death. Isn't that a powerful scripture? He was made a child, a human being, and was obedient to death. Therefore, God exalted him. There is no other day that has changed mankind as much as the day that God came to earth. Uh, those of us who are a little bit older, gentlemen like me with who are follically challenged, we might remember the day. Do you remember the day the men landed on the moon? Do you remember that day? I remember watching my black and white TV with my dad. My mother was away. Dad had made a salad. (laughs) And in the salad was a caterpillar. You never forget that. You never forget the day your dad tried to feed you a caterpillar. It just happened to be the day they landed on the moon. It's a true story. Sorry. Sorry, Dad. Christ's coming was more important than the day that dad fed me the caterpillar. The day they landed on the moon. How about the day the Blue Jays won the World Series? Do you remember that? Rodney, do you remember that? Yes, he does. Christmas is even bigger than that. I mean, these things are so minuscule in comparison to the coming of Christ. The relevance of Christmas is that God came to earth, and God is here. Isn't that amazing? Can we say that God is here? God is here. Oh, beautiful. God is here. There are people who would say that Jesus was a great man or a great prophet. The only problem is that Jesus never claimed to be a great man or a great prophet. Over and over, the Bible repeats, and Jesus proclaims that he is God. Now, interestingly, Jesus didn't start in the stable. He existed before creation. It's an interesting thing that, that we focus so much on, creation, uh, on, on the birth narrative, the birth story of Jesus, when in fact he existed before he was born. Theologians call it the preeminence of Christ. The preeminence of Christ. He existed, he, he was born, and he lives today. Think about it. Jesus existed before he was born. The birth was just the incarnation of the fleshly version of Jesus as God. Incarnation. In the flesh. God made flesh is Jesus. You know all this, don't you? You're brilliant. Nothing new here. But as I was working on the sermon, all of this was coming together. I was thinking, this is, this is incredible. This incarnation. God made flesh so that I could love him and know him. 
Colossians 1.15, Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. He existed before God made anything at all. And in fact, Christ himself is the creator who made everything in heaven and on earth. God, Jesus, is the creator. God, Jesus, is a baby. All of this, putting all this together, um, it's wonderful. Jesus is God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Heavenly Father. Jesus was God and God came to earth. Christmas became important. Christmas is important because God came to earth. The significance of Christmas is that God became a man. Now think about this with me. If you were God and you were going to come to earth and you had any way that you wanted to reveal yourself, would you come as a baby? Would you come as a human being? These days we love superheroes. If you have grandchildren, you know we love superheroes or children. Spider-Man and Superman and Thor and Wonder Woman. All of these superpowers, they, uh, they can do anything. They have superpowers, but God, the superpower of all superpowers, decided to reveal himself not as a superhero, but as a what? A helpless baby. Think about it. Incredible. He made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. The reality of Christmas was that Jesus was a real man, flesh and blood, bones and hair, a crying baby. The the hymn says no crying he makes, but I think the hymn is wrong. I think Jesus knew how to cry and knew how to do everything that we as human beings do. He was a real person, not a myth, not a fable, not a nice story, and not a superhero. The reality is that God came to earth and God became a man. He was God incarnate. God come to earth as a human being like us. Jesus was like us. Can you imagine? He was just like us. Firstly, he was given birth like you and me. He was given birth by a mother. He made himself nothing, came into the world like a billion other babies. But the whole history of the world rests on this one baby. The angels must have wondered what God was doing when they announced the coming of the Christ child. What is God doing coming to earth as a baby? Coming in the middle of the night to a stable in Bethlehem If you've been to Bethlehem, you can choose nicer places to be born. It's a difficult place, a dry place, a stony place. Jesus was like us. He developed like you and me. Luke 2, 52, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He grew and developed. He had growth spurts. The son of a carpenter. Can you imagine? What would it have been like to go to school with Jesus? Someone went to school with him. He looked and acted every inch of a carpenter and the son of a a Jewish man from Palestine. You know, he 
He was a real man. The reality of Christmas was that Jesus grew up like you and me. Thirdly, he experienced temptation like you and me. Hebrews says he was tempted at all points like you and me, yet he had no sin. Can you imagine what it was like to live with no sin? Jesus experienced the same pressures that you and I do, temptations, desires, and drives. And this is important to us as we struggle to serve Christ in the midst of the temptations and desires and drives that we have. God came as a man so that we could relate. He had birthdays. Next, he hurt like you and me. He felt pain. He was disappointed. He got tired. He got fatigued. He felt lonely at times. As you read scripture, he grieved. He cried. He was human. Matthew 26, 38 talks about him sorrowing. He said his sorrow was so great that it crushes me. Jesus became what we are so that we can become what he is. There's a, there's a tough one. Jesus became human so that we could be a part of the God story. As we accept Christ into our lives, there's that, that spark of Christ that lives in us. Eternity starts now. As we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior today, heaven is ours now. As we take communion this morning, we remember his, his blood, his body. God lives in us, and we live for him. We are his co-creators. He still makes babies. God still makes babies, but he uses us to make them. And next Sunday, we are having a child dedication service. Please do not miss a child dedication service. Your children are so beautiful. And we are going to dedicate these child and children and these children and, and hopefully the parents will allow us to hug them and kiss them. I love your kids. And we will, we will say some important words next week as we dedicate ourselves as a church family to support their families and to love their children. It's a beautiful, beautiful service next week. The significance of Christmas is that Jesus came, but not only that he came, but that he came to die. Christmas is as much about birth as it is about death. And it's right to speak about Christmas on a communion Sunday. Philippians 2.8 says, He humbled himself, was born, and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. He was born to die on a cross. Even while in the manger, this is, there was a sign that he was being born for a higher purpose. You remember the Magi. Now, the scriptures indicate that he actually wasn't in the manger at this time, but that he was a young child. Um, nonetheless, he was a young boy when these Magi, the three kings, which aren't really three kings, but we'll talk about that during Advent. Uh, the Magi came to him. And what did they bring? They brought gold and frankincense and Myrrh. Gold. Who receives gold? A king receives gold. It's a symbol of his kingly nature. Frankincense. Frankincense is, is, a, is a spice. It's, it's part of the ritual that a priest uses to burn incense to worship God. Frankincense represents his priestly nature. Myrrh. What is myrrh? Does anybody know what myrrh is? 
It's used for embalming. Exactly. It's a burial spice used for embalming. Why would you give that to a baby? You know, give them a little rubber ducky, for goodness sakes. Give them something that a child needs. But what did this child need? This child needed myrrh. And this was, this was foreshadowing that he was to be a servant who was going to die. Isn't that incredible? At his very birth, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. King, priest, and servant who will die on a cross. Jesus didn't stay in the crib. He went to the cross and voluntarily laid down his life for us. Why did he do it? Sometimes, you know, we don't feel good enough. Why would he die for me? He could have called 10,000 angels and stopped the process. He didn't have to go to the cross, but he did. No one put him there. He, put, he allowed himself to go there. He allowed himself to go to the cross. And the two main reasons he allowed himself, Scripture says, to go to the cross. Number one, Jesus went to the cross to demonstrate God's love. The cross, death, is about love. God showed, Romans 5.8, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. What was God's motivation? You know, it's love. The cross is about love. What's the motivation for what you do? Because you can tell someone's motivation, whether they're doing something because they love you or they're doing something because out of guilt. They're doing something because they feel they have to, out of obligation. Christ's death on the cross was out of love. If you want to know how much God loves you, look to the manger and look to the cross. This is the reason for the season, to demonstrate God's love. And you'll see it in the shopping mall. Love and peace and joy, they don't quite understand it. They use the words. Those are powerful words. But Christmas is about love. And whose love? Jesus' love. Secondly, why was, did Jesus go to the cross? He went to pay for my sins. When you break a law, you've got to pay the penalty. When you break man's laws, you pay man's penalties. And if you were driving here too quickly today, you may have had to pay a penalty because you broke the law. John Jansen. <laughs> mentioning, mentioning no names. <laughs> He's got a fast truck. But when you, when you drive, when you break man's laws, you pay man's penalties. So what happens when you break God's laws? Are we going to have to pay God's penalty? Is he going to curse us because of our sin? Because of our lust? Because of our, because of our, our nature, our base nature? Are we going to have to pay that penalty, pay that fine? 1 Peter 2 says he personally carried the load of our sin in his body when he died on the cross so that we can be finished with sin and live a godly life. Amen? Oh, that's what Christmas is about. But isn't that what communion's about? Yes. The same, the same thing. God came to earth so that we could be forgiven. What he did those 2,000 years ago makes a difference right now. If it, wasn't for, if it wasn't for Bethlehem, we wouldn't have communion today. If it wasn't for the birth, there would be no death. 
And if it wasn't for the birth, I wouldn't be forgiven. I'm so glad that there's Christmas. I can be completely forgiven for everything I've ever done wrong or whatever I will do because of Christmas. So let's approach Christmas this year with a fresh understanding of the meaning and the impact of the birth of Christ. Let's celebrate Christmas remembering gold and frankincense and myrrh. And let's go to communion now. This is our last communion celebration before Christmas. And let's go to this communion with gratitude for, for the birth and for Christ's death, for living in the light of God's love and forgiveness. Amen. Thank you.